This A's Cast download is brought to you by Link Soul. Check out their spring collection. Go to linksoul.com and by Nest Bedding. Love where you sleep. Go to nestbedding.com. This is A's Cast Live, your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics. And the pitch is swung on, hit the right field, hit deep. Whitefield going back at the track over his head and over the wall. Do you believe that? And 29 other MLB clubs. Ramirez with a drive to deep right, away back, goal! Go Hayes, it's a bomb out there by the Rocks. And boy, oh boy, this third inning is now showtime. It is a judgy end blast. All rise. Here comes the judge. Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe. From humidors to spin rates to game-changing moments, we have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town, only on A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to A's Cast Live, a Monday edition as we're on the field here at the Coliseum, and it's an absolute beautiful day once again. You know, the weather, I mean, I think the last couple days here in Oakland, it just doesn't get any better. In the 70s, not a whole lot of wind, and that's kind of a big deal after the winter that we had and all the rain that we just had, just to be out in the sun and to be out in the warmth. It just feels fantastic. The Arizona Diamondbacks are in town. They're definitely one of the surprise teams in Major League Baseball. Joining us here, our first guest is going to be David Force, the general manager at 415. Richard Lovelady, the lefty, was going to join us after BP. And then a guy that had a run with the Arizona Diamondbacks. He's a World Series champion. He has arguably one of the biggest hits in the history of baseball. He was an all-star, now does TV for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Luis Gonzalez Gonzo is going to be here. We've had him on the program before. It'll be great to have him. And then real quick, we're going to have Lee Anderson, who is an usher just right above us up here at the Coliseum. I know a lot of you who sit just over the A's dugout know him. He has written a book, and uh, we will have him on right at 5.30 before we get out of here and go up and we start A's Total Access, brought to you by Chevron. So the Snakes are in town. Tori Lovello, our our good friend, former Oakland Athletic and manager of the A's, will be here tomorrow. Tomorrow, correct. I was told tomorrow. Don't know the time, but we will have him tomorrow. We always have Tori. Yeah, Tori's great. The one manager, when we first started taking this show to video, made sure his PR people set it up. So, we could have him on video. And we've had him multiple times from the winter meetings. I mean, that dates back to 2019 and also this year. And very, I'm extremely happy for him. I mean, now we're against him. But as I picked him as my surprise team this season, uh, they are not disappointing. Just three games back of the Dodgers. You know, everybody was talking Padres. Everybody was talking about the San Francisco Giants, that they would be the teams to take down the Dodgers. No. It's been Torrey and the Dimebacks. They are super exciting. They are young. They're athletic. You're going to see it for the next three days. And a little interleague play. So it's always nice to have a little shakeup and to see some National League teams and to see some young players who they've got guys that are going to be prominent players for years to come. And they have set a culture 
that, and what we talk about with the young players now, with the athletics, setting a culture, learning how to play. Whether you get your, do you know what handed to you or not, learn together as a group. You'll learn to lose, at a gr- lose as a group. You learn to win as a group. And hopefully that's what these young athletics are doing. They did that in Arizona. And you got to make some shrewd moves and you got to make some tough moves. But they're another one of these teams that has said, you know what? Athleticism shows up to the ballpark every single day. Shows up offense, shows up defense, shows up in your base running. It helps you win. I'm curious to see what these snakes. This guy, you know, this guy was just Mr. Padre. You thought he'd be wearing a... A friar, the friar mascot costume, the way he was Bob Melvin this, Bob Melvin that. I was like, no, I'm going to go. My guys are going to be Tori Lovello and the Snakes. I, I don't know. And they have proven me right. My, our good friend Joe Madden called him it, and I mean, I know him well enough too. I don't. Th- things aren't going great down there for Bobby. And uh. <laughs> yeah, Joe, Joe Madden today on MLB Network uh, talked about Bobby Melvin. Called him Bobby. Uh, and there's a Razorback, Dominic Fletcher. 25-year-old rookie out of Arkansas. We got two Razorbacks going to be battling. I don't know if anybody else is actually thinking about that like we are, but. Zach Jackson up against Dominic Fletcher, a battle of the SEC. We got SEC all over the joint. Brent Roker, Mississippi State. I mean, we got. We How got, about all the Vandy guys? You yeah. got Camp and Blade. When I when I think I see I thought about baseball for all I'm, you people that don't follow college sports, that's the Southeastern Conference. Uh, that's the conference of oh no, sorry, that's Roxy will say it's the Pac-12 conference. Do of not champions. disrespect our Pac-12 like that. The conference of champions. I, I will, I'll take the SEC. So Fletcher right now hitting 429, two bombs, 13 RBIs. They've had a ton of walk-off wins, uh, 14 comeback victories this season for the D-backs and. You know, let's see what the A's got. They just, another walk-off win yesterday for Arizona against San Francisco. We will get into San, there, 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 there's, a, there's a statistic that the A's and the Giants are on together that I think uh, most teams don't want to be on this list. Yeah, um, do we want to do it now or should we wait? I mean, it's. Well, I'm just looking out at the corner because I know at some point David Force is going to emerge. Yeah, it's true. He, oh, I'll, I'll keep an eye out. He usually pops out over, he's very punctual. Uh, apparently, I found out uh, that Luis Gonzalez is re- very prompt. He'll be here at five o'clock. So, so we got to r- we got to run a tight ship today. Yeah, it's not very loosey goosey like it is in the treehouse. When we're back on the field, it's a really uh, tight ship. We're 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 on, we're buttoned up, as they'd say. Well, three things I'm going to ask David about. Clearly, there are things that for the athletics, it's just it's killing them, and it's not offense. When you look at this A's team of where they can get better and get better immediately, it's simple things as throwing strikes, keeping the ball in the ballpark, and then once the ball is put in play, figuring out how to field it. So catch it, throw it, and keep it in the ballpark. You do all of that, you're immediately a better team because the A's has struggled mightily. They've made 30 30 errors this year, most in baseball. They're a minus 26 defensive runs saved awful and then you just look they have given up 73 home runs the most in baseball and they've walked the most batters 204 I mean that is all that's not this isn't like oh my god you're in the big league stuff this is fielding your positions this is throwing strikes and not giving up home runs 
This is not – I'm not asking you to do something that you shouldn't be able to do on a consistent basis or at least not be last in baseball in every one of these categories. There is no reason why this should be a bad defensive team. There's no reason. But they are. I was just going to say, when, you're, when your center fielder is making errors like we saw yesterday and he has five on the year um, – it's not, it's not a good recipe for success. Now, back in the day when, remember the year when Marcus and, like back-to-back years, Marcus and Josh Donaldson led the team, led the baseball and errors in the American League. What happened after that? They, every year they got better on defense. They were great. But then Chapman and Olsen came, they were one of the best defense teams in baseball. That was a hallmark of 18, 19, 20, throwing 21. I don't remember what the stats were at 21. Even though the A's didn't make the playoffs, they still won 86 games. The hallmark, even though everybody wanted to talk about home runs, the hallmark of the A's teams of that time was defense. They played defense. How many times did Ray Fossey drill it into us, pitching and defense? You've got the largest foul territory. You don't have a hitter's ballpark. You need to be able to pick up the ball, catch it, and throw it. That's just a must. And I can tell you, not to get controversial, but I, I threw out a text today to a scout about Esa Ure Ruiz, about him playing infield. Did you see him play the infield in the minor leagues? Yeah, I was told. He can do it. He wasn't horrible. I mean, if we're going to put Jordan Diaz out at second base, who's never played second base before until last year getting called up, you tell me Ruiz couldn't play in the middle infield? I mean, he was battling. C.J. Abrams was the big prospect for the Padres. He's the guy that's playing for the Nationals now that was in the Juan Soto trade. He was battling him. Obviously, that kid can really play. Leads the National League in errors. So it's not like he can play, though. No, yo, he's a good player, yeah. So it's, it's, it's not like Ruiz was just horrific in the infield, put him in the outfield. What we have seen with two errors yesterday is Ruiz is not great. He does not take great routes. He doesn't have good reads. And he's butchered a lot of balls. So he's got five. He's what he got, five errors? Five, yeah. He's got five errors and a, and a, and a lot of misreads. So I, I think it's a legitimate question. Could you put him back in the infield? If you could put Jordan Diaz at second base, could you put Ruiz? Now, in a year like this where you're just trying to teach guys, guys need to learn, learn at this level, I don't necessarily say I would do that. I'm just throwing it out there. I would probably let him take his lumps and learn the position uh, here at the big league level. And hopefully at some point the light goes on. And, you know, knowing what pitchers are, knowing your pitchers, knowing their stuff, knowing the counts, reading the ball off the bat, understanding the wind, there's a lot that goes on when you're playing at center field. And the reads in center field are completely different than the reads in left field and right field. A lot of balls coming at you. We saw the one ball in Anaheim that knuckled and got behind him. Quite a few times this year, we have seen the ball get behind Ruiz and go to the wall. The ball can never get behind you. If it's anywhere in front of you or near you, it can never get behind you and go to the wall. That's just Now, if someone rips it into a gap and you can't get to it, that is what it is. But as a center fielder, ball cannot get behind you. Yeah, and I, I want to see – like, I mean, when you mentioned about how it's a year like this and you want – them just to be on the field and, and get you, you know, pretty much get used to the season and playing in the big, big leagues. Marcus Simeon went through his lumps at shortstop. I mean, I, I know it's a different position, but Marcus had what thirty something errors the first year he played shortstop. Every year he got better. It's like thirty six. Yeah, every year he got got better, and now and look, and I know 
bad example. I know he plays second base now, but he got better every year at sh shortstop because he took his lumps that first year. I mean, Josh Donaldson wasn't a great third baseman to start out. Made quite a few errors. And then he, he got better every year. I mean, he's older now, but I think we got to give Ruiz a little more of a chance. I, I don't think he's going to challenge. not necessarily apples to apples, no. hugging infield to outfield. You know, some guys can be great athletes, and they never turn into great outfielders. Yeah. There is there there is something and I'm not, you know, that you know, one position that I <laughs> I I was a pitcher infielder. I I I'm not going to say anything about playing center field cuz God knows a guy with my wheels was never going to be in center field, but you got to be not only gifted physically, but even guys that are not gifted physically, and I'll give you a great example. The fact that they're able to get good reads off the bat and they can play the position and not hurt their team and really help their team by not being the ultimate speed, super athletic center fielder, Mark Canna. Mark Canna did not hurt the A's playing center field. He's not a burner. He wouldn't be a guy you could, you know, you're not going to put him up there with, I don't know, Griffey or Jim Edmonds or anybody like that. But Mark Canna didn't kill you because he got good jumps and had good reads. I was, was going to say, reads and the jumps were what made him so special. It was not like he was out there making diving catches no. and throwing guys out from the wall like Ramon did. Like he, he was just a very instinctive outfielder, and that's what made him so good. And he was able to shift right in to playing center field. Now, where Seth Brown's played cent a little bit of center field, I don't know if you want. He's Seth not, Brown but, is not. No, he's a corner outfielder. And unfortunately for Seth Brown, a setback with the oblique. We'll talk to David Force about that. Uh, Mason Miller. Going tomorrow. He's in Dallas today. I believe Flew today is going to get the second opinion tomorrow from the same doctor that I, get, I, I read it online. It's not a big deal. Same doctor did the surgery on 49ers quarterback Brock Purdy. So hopefully, you know, they said it was structurally clean when they did the first MRI. So hopefully it all goes well. Uh, Paul Blackburn pitched yesterday in Vegas. Won two innings, gave up four runs. But Don't oh, even get me. I, what, what is the date today? May 15th. It's May 15th, and Paul Blackburn has not pitched. Because of the great Mark Kotze throwing a baseball at us. Uh, he has not pitched because of a finger. Do you realize that? A finger. Yeah. I mean, we talked about Rusinski was going tonight. By the way, it's the, it's the battle of Korean pitching stars tonight. I saw that. Merrill Kelly, who was over there, and he revitalized his career. He's actually. Do you know you can't. There's no. You know what? I'll buy you dinner if you get this. Okay. He was a member of the 2018 Korean team that won the championship. Who am I? Um, okay, it wasn't the NC Dynamo Dinos. No. Was it the SK? Starts with the W. Yes. I don't know what the name is. Wyverns? David, would know, David would know better David than David probably knows KBO better than we do. Yeah, so the SK Weaverns, NC Dinos was Rusinski. It's time for the David Force Show here on A's Cast. Your general manager of the Oakland Athletics. We we're just talking about today is the battle of two Korean Series champions. That's right. When you look at Merrill Kelly and Drew Rusinski, uh, SK. Weaverns? Sure, go with that. If I were that smart, I would have brought my sunglasses <laughs> out here. So don't assume that I know anything. You know how many times I've done that where I, I, all of a sudden I'm like, oh, my God, the next couple hours I have no shade. And the sun literally is right above us. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Uh, good. Let's just get through some medicals quickly. 
Uh, we heard Seth Brown's coming back. He's trying. Yeah, he played uh, played for Vegas the other night. He's going to head to Stockton this week, hopefully play three or four games for Stockton this week and meet us in Seattle. That's the hope. I got to think for him, like he's just itching, like has to get, like one of those guys who's yeah. calling you, texting well, he, you. You know, when he got back here from Baltimore that day, he told me it was only going to be two weeks which we know for an oblique injury, it's never two weeks. So, yeah, he's been ready to come back for a while, but you got to be careful. How often do you have to save athletes from themselves? <laughs> I don't. The Brian Schulman and the medical staff do. So, <laughs> um, no, I mean, that's what you want, obviously. You want guys to be working hard, itching to get back out there, as opposed to the alternative where you're, you know, you have to push them out on the field, which which does happen also. Um, but, no, you like when guys are ready to come back early. How about Mason Miller going to get a second opinion? Just, yeah, it's pretty standard these days. Guys want to make sure they get it looked at. And uh, we still think it's minor just in the in the muscle and uh, hope to have him play and catch, you know, in the next couple of days. You know, that's become the thing that we've looked around with baseball. It's like it's it's so scary how many times we wake up and we get these notifications, this guy's having Tommy John, this guy has this, this guy has that. You can push guys back. You can hold them down pitches. I mean, keeping guys healthy has just been so, so hard to pinpoint how to do it. When yeah. we're asking guys, this is what I think. Some people have kind of backed it up. I want your opinion. We're asking pitchers to be maxed all the time. It just seems like when they are out there, it's full go and their bodies just can't take it. I, I don't know what the answer yeah. is. No, there's there's a lot of theories out there. In fact, Baseball Prospectus wrote an article today about whether or not the pitch clock has had an impact because, I mean, it's a fact. Elbow and shoulder injuries are up like 70% over where they have been the last couple of years this time of the season. So there are a lot more injuries. Um, and, you know, every case is different. Mason... Mason has an injury history. I mean, he's had a screw in his elbow since I think he was 13 years old. So, um, you know, he's had injuries the whole time he's been in the system. We always say the best predictor of future injury is past injury, so we know that guys come with risk. Um, but injuries to pitchers specifically are up across the game, and, um, you know, we've seen it in recent years with what you said. Guys are throwing max effort, throwing harder than they ever have, throwing the ball with more movement than they ever have. And unfortunately, those come with con those things come with consequences. Yeah, how do you tell somebody not to be at their very, 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 very best? We see in golf all the time now, the way you got the way everybody everything's built off technology and data, and guys throw their backs out, and then you know who knows yeah. the rest of your career. So it's tough to tell guys not to be at one. Of, we want them to play 110 percent, but uh, yeah. 100 and you know doing max out 100. 100% is tough to keep healthy. Yeah, and the reality is, like, staying on the field is a skill. It's yes. a real skill that we talk about, you know, all the way from amateur conversations up until trade conversations, whatever. Like, if you have a guy with, with a good, quote, good injury history, which means basically no injuries, like, that's an important part of the evaluation. Now, you got to think in your tenure as GM – you didn't graduate with a medical degree from Harvard, right? <laughs> I didn't. It's funny you say that, though, because there's a story that a lot of people in the organization know. When we were interviewing trainers uh, before we hired Nick, so at the end of 2011, we brought in a candidate, and after like an hour of the conversation, he said, well, you know, David, you're a doctor. And I was like, whoa, like <laughs> what? <laughs> What part of this interview made you think that I have an MD? So Dan, Dan and Rob and some of the guys in the office like to joke about that. But, no, I am not a doctor. But you just think about it, though. You had to answer all the questions about COVID. 
Like all of a sudden you're a virus expert and you're supposed to be the guy that knows how to protect an entire organization. You had to go through that. Yeah. And now you're in an era where pitchers are getting hurt more than everybody. People might like me are asking you. I mean, you've been asked a ton about medical issues without having a medical degree. I, we've had really good people. I mean, going all the way back to Larry Davis and Steve Sales, who were head athletic trainer, and then obviously Nick Paparesta being here as long as he has, and now with Brian and Jeff. I've had really good people who've educated me and Look, I end up reading MRI reports a lot. Like, I don't know what that's worth, but yeah. I had a handful of surgeries myself. So over 40-something years, you kind of learn some of this stuff. All right, so I think we, any, any other medical I need to ask you about <laughs> that I... Uh, no, I think we're getting healthy. I had Miss back yesterday, Adrian back today, Paul Blackburn threw 40... Oh, there's it. Pauly threw 40 pitches yesterday. He's got a couple more starts. We got to, you know, we've just had bad luck with him. I mean, he he's going to end up missing two months because of a, a broken fingernail and a blister. That's it's impossible. Really bad luck. Yeah, it's really bad luck. So we we'd like to get him a couple more starts to get him stretched out. But obviously, we need Paul back here. So hopefully, we're getting closer to that. Um, you know, Manny had a setback when he went out for his rehab, so he's going to be a little while. Hoping guys like Freddie Tarnock and Kirby Sneed can get out there pitching here in the next few weeks. So be nice to get those uh, IL numbers down. You know, the, you know, one thing that I've been really hammering, especially in the postgame show, is young cores get beat up, yep. but then they learn by getting beat up, and <laughs> then they start winning, right? Yeah. I mean, that that's what you hope. I mean, yes, this is, this is a young core, and, and Cots, I know, has all the numbers about – seven rookies in the lineup and four or five rookies in the rotation like we're really young and and you know we're learning that when you don't have some veterans around to protect those guys this is where you end up you end up getting beat up more more than you want and it's unfortunate and it's most nights it's not a lot of fun but if you can sort of point to some of those things learn from them then you get something out of it. And, and the, you know, then you have a big positive night like we did on Friday night, and you take a win away, and guys have a good time, and Fuji gets his first win, and Rooker hits a walk-off, and you're like, okay. Like, there, there, there are some positives here, and you take those things away. Well, I'm all in. I, when I see Ruiz in the lineup, I've talked to you about how much I love Noda. Yeah. Rooker, obviously, is playing like an all-star. I'm loving me some J.J. Blade. Langoliers, I'm seeing, even though Rooker is not young at 28, he's like he's young. Yeah, he's young but, in terms of his experience. But and this group, this five, to throw Diaz in there, this like six, this is a truly a young core. Yeah, no, and I, look, I know you're all in. I watched you on TV Friday night after the game. You and Stu standing out there because I was home because I couldn't watch. I left after the ninth inning. I couldn't watch anymore. So I got home in time to see the homer, and then I watched you guys on the postgame show, and I – Appreciate your enthusiasm, and yeah, and yeah I, I, I think you're right. I mean, again, it's hard when you have our record and you only have nine wins um, to, to really, you know, be enthusiastic, but we do take positives, and all those guys you mentioned, they're learning on the fly, and, and you have to sort of stretch it out and look at down the road and what, what Ruiz is going to take away from what he learns every day, and J.J.'s now getting a chance to play every day, and, you know, and, and the pitchers too, look, you know, JP, came, you know, JP gave up two runs in the first two batters yesterday, and then he shut it down for the next five. Like those are positive things that you look at. Waldachuk came out of his start the other day and said, in the first inning, he finally felt like what he was doing at the end of last season. Whatever the reason is, he hasn't had the same stuff. He threw a lot in the off season. Went out in the first inning, felt really good, and then obviously gave up some runs along the way the rest of the game. But those little positive things you take and you extrapolate them, and you know that like, hey, if we can just be consistent 
If we can do those things consistently, that's when we get back to winning. And that's really the difference between, you know, the guys who are really good and the guys who struggle is consistency because they can all do it once, you know, one at bat, one pitch, one inning. Like that's the difference between big leaguers and minor leaguers too is, is how frequently can you repeat it and do it and do it and do it. And that's what our guys are hopefully learning to do. I know some people are like, well, why are you positive? Are you just being a homer? It's like, no, I, I, I and I say this. I'm like, I'm not going to grind the wins and losses because I know what this year is about. There's yeah. not, We can't control that. We know what the situation you were in. You can only control what you can control, but I can look at a game like yesterday and see Langoliers and know that he's hitting 271, nine RBIs the last 13 games. Right. I'm watching guys get better. I'm watching I'm watching Noda do mature things, and I hear I've had a couple people say to me, well, I, I want him to swing it more. I'm like, I get it, but what he's doing is such a mature approach the, the swing and more will happen. The last thing I want is for Noda to swing it more. I'm I, like, it's a mature approach that could get him in the All-Star game. I mean, they're, I'm I'm going to look at the things that are going to help this ball club get back into the yeah. postseason no, versus I, grind on some losses. I really appreciate it. Like I said, I watch it on TV, and I, I, you know, I get that the fans, you know, sort of give it to you a little bit that way. But yeah. because, look. I'm not going to discount. They come out here. They want to see the team win. They're, they're out here. They're supporting the team. They're spending money to come. They want wins. They don't necessarily want to take, like, moral victories away from their experience at the ballpark. Yeah, I get I, it. I totally yeah. get it. And, and, yeah, I mean, again, we've talked about this a million times. Like, everyone else who comes out here and works and is in the dugout, we want to win too. Um, but the alternative is just, you know, being miserable all the time. So you got to take some positives away. How do you get better on defense? Uh, we have to. Yeah, we, it's something that Kotz and Aldo and Imar, like these guys are all grinding on it day to day. And, you know, obviously you saw Ruiz had a tough day out there yesterday, and no one takes it harder than him. Um, you know, he, he met with Kotz after the game to talk about it. And some of that is a communication thing. Some of that is, um, you know, guys not playing in their best spots right now. But we, we do need to catch the ball better because it, it's all connected. The pitching the pitching's connected to the defense. And we get if we don't play defense, we get down. And the offense is always playing from behind. So you're right. It's, it's something we got to get better at. Now, Ruiz with the Padres, I don't know what he did with the Brewers. But with the Padres, he played some middle infield. Have you ever he, thought about that? So he has not really played the infield since – since before the pandemic basically 19 okay. was his last year playing regularly in the infield over, you know over the course of that year 20 he didn't play but he converted to an outfield and he's been pretty much an outfielder since the beginning of 2021 um he look he was converted to the outfield for a reason he wasn't he wasn't a great second baseman or third baseman when they had him in the infield so. he was a gold glove caliber is what you're saying <laughs> no he was not um so no we have not thought about playing him in the infield but he has played all over um, obviously, JJ's played in center field too. When Brownie comes back, Brownie will have played some center field. Um, but right now, I think you know the idea is to give SD the chance out there to to get to get better and um, you know learn the position. He he has only been out there for a couple of years. I love JJ Blade. Yeah, I mean, you watch him play and you go, I see why he was the fourth pick in the draft and why some people thought he could have been the first pick in the draft. He could have gone any of the top five spots, right? Yeah. I mean, he was that. I mean, you just. You see size, you see speed, you see power. He's, he, he, as he says, he's cutting, chopping down more on the ball. But he's hitting line drives, yeah. hit ground balls. He can run. We, that's the first time, first at bat I ever saw him take. Maybe this is part of it. Was the in was the uh, inside the park home run at spring training? It was that right for Boos's uh, re retirement right. party? The next day I'm there and he hits it off the backdrop, and I'm like, did he just score? I mean, it's like. 
he's got all the tools. Yeah. So, you know, it's been fun. And, and you love when a guy takes advantage of the opportunity. Came up, got some hits right away. I mean, we knew he was swinging a hot bat in AAA when he came up. Um, but, you know, the best thing right now about J.J. are the adjustments he's made from last year. I mean, we saw him here in September with the Marlins. Uh, and you saw him get beat by that high fastball. And that's what happened in the big leagues last year was, you know, he, he learned in the Marlins system a lot about launch angle and getting under the ball. And frankly, when he got up here to the big leagues, 95 at the top of the zone went right by him. And he, he knew that. He made the adjustment in the offseason. And we've seen him, like you said, swinging down on the ball, sort of that old school, you know, chopping wood, yeah. stuff that we learned growing up a little bit. And it's been successful for him, and he's getting his hits. How often do you see – players in the big leagues now and even young players where if you're looking at a baseball and guys are hitting the bottom of the baseball we know it's got but we know what they're trying to do how yeah. often do you look at it and you go man if they just tweaked it because they're just trying they're, they're into the launch angle thing and they're hitting yeah. the bottom of the baseball and it's going straight up i i'm not a hitting coach so it's not the first but you were a thing. great hitter Whoa, let's. <laughs> I was an okay college pickleball hitter. champion from what my scouting reports say. <laughs> I didn't get hurt today playing pickleball, that was the biggest win. Um, no, look, I'm not a hitting coach. I mean, we obviously see a lot, we watch the minor leaguers, we watch a lot of film. Um, but I, you know, I leave that to, to Tommy and Crony in the cage. But you definitely see out there, there are guys who've gotten sort of sucked into this launch angle thing and they're swinging up on the ball with the hopes of hitting homers, and it's it's not always working. There are only a handful of guys. you got to have the hand-eye to get away with it. Not everybody can do it. Who's down at Vegas right now making it tough on you to keep them there? Right now, Cody Thomas is swinging the best bat. He's got eight, eight or too. nine homers. He got off to a really good start. Um, you know, there's some other guys who have not been as consistent. Tyler had a really good day yesterday. He's, you know, he's hitting homers. He hasn't hasn't hit for average or taken walks just yet. He hasn't been as selective as we'd like him to be. Um, but there are some guys, again, we talked earlier about consistency. The guys who are going to be consistent in AAA are the guys that are going to force their, their way here. Um, look, frankly, a lot, of, a lot of the guys who were hot there are already here. I mean, JJ's here. Rico Garcia was here. Acton's here now. Like, guys who are performing there, there's nothing but opportunity to get here right now. Yeah, I've talked about Cody from a standpoint of saying, listen, you don't go to Oklahoma and play quarterback unless you're an elite athlete. <laughs> You got to have size. You got to have an arm. You got to have. You got to have speed. Yeah, Oklahoma's recruiting the best of the best around the country. Now it's just getting him truly to be a baseball player. Yeah. But he has that. I mean, as we say, that kind of athletic ability you can't teach. And he he missed so much time when he came over from the Dodgers in that trade and got hurt. Missed so much of the season and, and rehabbing and you know last year made it up to the big leagues because he had a nice little you know 30 at bat stint. Um, but now it's finally getting a full season, getting consistent. The power is huge. It's always there. And, and I think he's the guy who's, you know, sort of opened the most eyes in AAA right now. It's something that really is a question I know we all get. And I just want to throw it to you. You know, there's, there's a lot of outside noise. As I always say, it's stuff outside of the lines. How do you keep everybody in your department laser focus we control what we can control yeah i i don't think our our folks have a hard time with that i mean look this is you know the way this season has gone like every day is a little bit of a fire drill right now and we're we're trying to prepare you know the staff as best we can and get information down make moves to make this team better focus on the minor leagues there's there's a, enough going on that you know the quote outside stuff doesn't really affect our guys and the scouts are out there working on the draft which is good minor leagues happen every day so i 
I don't worry too much about that stuff. I do not like I, – I, I get the whole all-star game, make the draft bigger. We want our prospects to have more of a name, what we see in the NFL and the NBA where these guys come out of college and we already know. But it is just – you lose time with them the year they get – I mean, you know all this. I mean, you, you lose the time. I mean, you could draft them, get them playing. It's just – it's weird, the draft. We're not even close. <laughs> no. It's mid-May. We're not even close. We're almost two months away. Uh, again, another thing that we don't have control over. So Control the controllables, we'll Jim Arba. We'll just hang with it. I mean, our, our guys will be at the Combine next month in Arizona and get to meet some of these kids, see them work out. And, you know, we're getting used to it by now that this there's a later draft date, but we'll deal with it. Let's end on this. Is there one player, give us the one player where you say, dang, I didn't know he could do that, or I that's a lot better than I thought. Who's the one guy right now out here that has just surprised you that went, hey, by playing every day, he's doing what I didn't think he could do? I mean, we, we obviously didn't see a lot of Esty before he was here. Um, you know, we knew what he was capable of with his legs, running the bases, his hitting and running with runners in scoring position. Yesterday being a, an exception has been great. Um, but Noda's, you know, Noda's plate discipline, his strike zone, I, I don't say this lightly, is as good as anyone we've had here since Jason. I mean, just his understanding. That's Giambi, folks. His understanding of this box and yeah. not going out of it. Now, yeah, he needs to, you know, get some hits and get his average up. But if you're going to be on base 40% of the time, there's a spot for you in this league. Uh, and he's doing that with, the, with some of the elite guys in the game. Uh, ever since I met him at spring training, I got to talk to him off the air. I love the kid. I love I love his confidence. I mean, when he steps up immediately says, yeah, I can be a gold glover, I went, hey, why not? <laughs> I mean, you got to believe in yourself. I, I really like him a lot. I, I want to see him against lefties. Yeah. I want to see him against everybody because no, he's, he's, got he's, got, he's got this ability. He does. As I mean, they said in Moneyball, what, what does he do? He, <laughs> he gets on base. I mean, we've – we have talked from the, the first days I worked here, you know, when Paul was around, you know, the game is played in this box. And hitters try to get you to come in and pitchers try to get you to go out. And that's the essence of the game. And, and Noda stays in that box as well as anybody. So he's going to have some success. Doctor, we appreciate you stopping by. <laughs> the doctor of your Oakland Athletics, David Forrest. Great stuff. We'll talk to you soon. All right, Tony. Coming up next, we're going to have Richard Lovelady. Should be coming up soon right here on A's Cast Live. This is Chris Towns, and there are two things that are a must for me, comfort and style. Whether I'm playing golf, going to dinner, I've got to have the right feel. That's why I've partnered with Link Soul, and you're going to love Link Soul. They have just released their new spring line, new fabrics for their polos, lightweight and perfect for technical performance. Link Soul also has new styles for their layers and hoodies with cool prints and seasonal colors. You know what they say in the big leagues, look good, play good. Go to linksoul.com. That's linksoul.com. Streaming from the town, A's Cast Live continues with Chris Townsend. You know, I want to make a point because I, I, I understand. Trust me. I've been doing this a long, long time. I've done this multiple sports. You just have to realize during a process there's going to be times where you're not going to win. And you can sit here and you can rant, you can rave, and you can bitch and moan all you want. It's not going to change anything. The situation right now is what it is. And the only way you get out of it is finding players that are legitimate enough to compete at this level on a daily basis. That's it. 
And David Forrest, the general manager, was given what he was given. And they tried to make what happened with what they have. And their record is what it is. But the way to get out of this is to find these guys that can really play. And he just walked by. We just said hello to him like a guy like J.J. Bladet. You have to find everyday players, and you have to find pitchers who can get outs. You gotta have to find. You gotta find position players who can play every day. Mix and matching is not just trying. Always trying to mix and match is not something that you're going to be able to repeat over and over and over. I mean, if there is one team that has shown us that, it's the San Francisco Giants. The San Francisco Giants have played money ball with money, and it led to 107 wins, and everybody praised them, and, oh, they were brilliant. Look at the way Kapler uses the entire roster. Look at all the pinch-hit home runs. These decisions he's making are unbelievable. This is great. Look how smart they are. They're smarter than everybody else. See, and that's what when you mix a match and, you know, your data says this and your data says that, you look like geniuses. And then when all those same players or the bulk of those same players come out the next year and they don't hit the pitch at home runs and they don't, your lefty, righty, righty, lefty matchups all don't work out, you stink. And you don't, and you don't really have a core that you're built on. What do you fall back on? And then your pitching's not as good and your bullpen's not as good. And then you turn into a... 500 team? Disaster. They, they, that wasn't fair, by the way. That's okay. But they did go. I did to David. I, I marked, on base. I marked the tape to use as a drop. <laughs> uh, no, it's you're right about the Giants. They went from 107 wins to 81. They were 81 and 81 last year. This year right now. It was a historic drop-off. Yeah, and right now they're, they're six games under 500 right now. They're 17 and 23, I believe. They, hit, they rely on the home run more than the Yankees do, and it's not even close. They are number one percentage of runs scored via the homer this season. The Giants score 56.6 of their runs. What are the Yankees? For, 49. So it goes Dodgers. See, now Dodgers, Brave, Yankees, Twins are all good teams. Dodgers are number one, and they're not a good team. And that's why I look at, and that's why I say, and I'm so glad what Data, David said about Noda, because I've had people say to me, well, maybe Noda needs to swing it a little more. No. He need, you need to let him figure it out when he's going to swing. But the fact that he gets on base four out of ten times is spectacular. And we just learned from David asking him off the air about some positioning. Notice said that he can play outfield. So at some point, if it gets to whatever is going to happen at first base and there's maybe what you would call a little bit of a log jam, Noda could go out to left field. I mean, he can throw. He obviously can run. He can pick it. I don't know. I kind of. I, mean, I don't think he's going to be Carl Yastrzemski out there playing the the monster for the Red Sox. But or you think of two great left fielders in Ricky Henderson and Barry Bonds. Yeah, they're both pretty good. Bonds was really, really, really good. Yeah, until Sid Bream, you could throw him out at home. Wow, 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 wow. That's at, that's at Pittsburgh. Hey, by the way, how are my Sixers doing in the NBA playoffs? Well, they they, had a, they reached the game seven. I, I was, I know, I, I've been told that, uh, and I'm a big Joel Embiid fan, but I've been told that apparently him and Harden can't win it alone. So to the, I just want to know, when's their next series? 
Uh, it'll be uh, probably sometime in October. Oh, there you got knocked out of the playoffs? Yeah. So you're light the beam, Sacramento Kings. When's yeah. our next series? Same time, October. Same and, time. Same time your Warriors are playing. And your Sixers. And the Warriors. I'll be playing I just together. Want to check, because I mean, you just. I mean, all I heard about were Sixers uh, in the <laughs> West. It's my my king, my Kings. In the East, it's my Sixers. Like you hate the Phillies, but. Well, yeah, of course. You like the Sixers. Well, Pittsburgh didn't have a basketball team. Who much does root for the Cavaliers? Prior to LeBron being there, who much does root for? Uh, Wait, you Ricky Davis. You didn't like the the Chris Elo and Brad Doherty. <laughs> Wait, who was the guy that the Warriors and Price. got? Price. Uh, I must just be rooting for Larry Hughes on the on the Cavs. No, I'm talking about Larry Hughes on the Larry Hughes on the Cavs, not Warrior Larry Hughes. Not Warrior <laughs> Larry Hughes back in that. Where did he go to school? God, St. Louis. That's uh, yes. Was that what Rick was Rick Manjer? Oh, Manjer took over after. The great Utah. I remember when Larry Hughes showed up, and it was like, oh, my God, the next great players. He thought Rick Barry was coming to the Bay Area. (laughs) Larry Hughes had that workout. Well, there was a little – okay, you were talking about winning and losing before. The Warriors went through that for a long time. Where they're trying to find – Everybody does. I always have to say – It's amazing, like, sports fans to think, like, their team's never going to lose. Like, no, everybody is going to lose. Yeah, talk to me when your team loses – your favorite team loses for 20 years in a row. I mean, the teams are spending the most money right now stink. Yeah, your your Mets aren't very good. Except the Yankees. The Yankees. Yeah. Oh, they split a series with the Rays. They did a whole thing on it today. I thought it was fascinating because I didn't realize the numbers were this much, and I hate to clown on my guy – uh, Bobby, Bo- Bobby, Bo- Bobby, <laughs> Bobby down in San Diego, according to and Joe Madden said it just so casually today on MLB Network when they're just they're really just destroying the Padres, right? And and he's like, well, you know, Bobby Melvin is one of the best. At, Bobby Melvin, I've never heard Bobby Mel. I've known Bob for a long time. I talked with him almost every day and weekly on the air. We never called him Bobby Melvin. Well, now we are when we see him next. Can you, hey, Bobby, can you imagine the look he's going to give us? Um, the Padres, this is staggering. I've told you, it's going to be a financial disaster. They have committed this offseason and into, I guess you'd say a little bit into this season, in free agents and contract extensions, $863 million. 863 Sniffing a billion. And if they would assign Trey Turner, who was the original guy they went after, and then they tried to get Aaron Judge while we were at the winter meetings, the Padres would have committed over $900 million. $900. They're at $863 million. It was like, it like, it's like 405 on free agents and then... What was it 458 on extensions? So it was, it was Machado and you uh, Darvish were the big extensions they gave out, and then the, the free agent contracts. That they, they can't beat the Dodgers. Yeah, they've not lost five. They've lost five of six versus LA this year. They're 19 and 22. They're seven games back. They have a minus 10 run differential, and they committed 863 million dollars to payroll over all these years. Uh, well, I don't know. You told me Manny Machado was going to the Hall of Fame. He has one hit over his last 19 at bats. I mean, does anybody understand what kind of financial commitment that is? That's insane. Uh, that doesn't. It doesn't seem like it's going to bode bode out well. Turn out well for them. 
in the long term. Now, I mean, Bogarts has been good for them. That was, I mean, so far. I mean, so early. We're only <laughs> we're, I mean, early as in, like, we're in May. It's not like we're talking about how bad they are in July and August and Bogarts is playing well. But, I mean, but Juan Soto's he wants to get $400, million, 400 plus million dollars. I just don't see what he's doing he on the field right now. He wants $500 million. Well, he's not Shohei Otani. Well, he turned down 440, so what's he looking for if he turned down yeah, 440? Right. Or 445, I believe everything. The, I believe everything, everything I read on Twitter. Twitter, Internet, I, I believe it. Um, that That is actually pretty crazy. It, it, is, it is stunning, and it's hard to believe. You look at the Mets are spending the most money we have ever seen before, and we're starting to look at – Fangraphs has your percentage to make the postseason, and we watched these two teams, both in the playoffs last year, absolutely just drop. And the amount of money they're spending, it's it's crazy. Yeah, like you talk literally about- is crazy. And by the way, they're the lowest. And I told you about the list earlier before David came out. The list that the Athletics and the Giants are on together. Oh, is this runners in scoring position? Lowest average with runners in scoring position. Will you at least admit? You'd like to have a high batting average in this category. Yes. So av- we, we can talk average here. There's one team on there that shocks me, but the rest are, don't shock me. All right, here is your five. Worst, we're going 30th through 25th. This is the bottom of the barrel. The lowest batting average with runners, runners in scoring position is that vaunted payroll of the San Diego Padres at 1.98. That's shocking when you look at the names in their lineup. Absolutely shocking. Yeah, that's not good. Uh, number two, Detroit, 209. Not shocking. Number three, our beloved Athletics at 213. Your Giants at 225. And then number 25, this is your shocker, yeah. the Braves at 228. A team that hits a lot of home runs. They score a lot of runs. Uh, apparently, they don't score a lot of runs with guys on base and in scoring position. But you know what? That's okay for them because they can just get better. They're in this thing to win it. These other teams that are, are there, did you just turn that up? Yeah, a little bit. Were we low? No, it just seemed, you seemed a little low because I turned it on because David's lo- the low talker. And I'm an extremely obnoxious high talker. I would say extremely obnoxious. Yeah, I know. I get it. I'm getting to be like Greg Papa. I can't hear anymore. <laughs> Greg Papa, I swear to God, you would put on – so Greg always did a show before me, and – if you ever put on Greg Papa's headset and commercials would play, it would, like, blow out your eardrums because it was, like, as high. It would be, like, whatever, the car company or whatever. The commercials would come on and be like, oh, my. It was it was crazy. He is deaf. They got to crank it all the way up because he cannot hear. I think I'm starting to get to that point. Yeah, my wife thinks I am, too, because I, I put my AirPods are all give up. you. I'll give you, you know who's got the, the best ears on the ball club? I've realized that. The great Johnny Dosco. Johnny's headset is barely turned up, so his hearing is, Johnny is. Every time he comes down here, he goes, hey, turn me down a little bit. Then he goes, no, oh, keep going. I'm literally, like, you look on the headphone amp, and it's, like, barely yeah, turned I, on. I'm impressed. <laughs> so, you know, I think he's a handsome man. He says he isn't, but if there's one thing you can give it to Johnny, it's definitely his ears. His hearing is yeah. very impressive. Yes, very. Very impressive. Um, yeah, but that that is shocking. That's like Some of these teams that you start to look at that are ready for their playoff percentages, you know, you start looking at the Guardians, who it's hard to believe they're 19 and 21. Um, we, we have talked about St. Louis being bad. 
Th th they're playing much better now. They swept the Red Sox over the weekend. Their backup catcher is the reason why they're much better, Andrew Kins uh, Kinsner. Contreras is uh, back catching, by the yeah, way. No, he's catching Flaherty today. He's been he's he's back. They're they're gonna have him catching. That that has been I don't that's so bizarre. <laughs> that's been a whole just absolute debacle the way they've handled that. Well it it, it it it's about metrics. It's they're all about they're used so used to Yadier, who's one of the greatest catchers of all time, and his pitch framing, and then their numbers are showing he's not a great uh, a great pitch framer, but yet he does everything else well. Blocks, throws. I mean, obviously, pitchers got to get used to him, but I, that's just how short-sighted is it that you just sign this catcher, the Cardinals, to this big deal, and he comes in, and you don't necessarily like his pitch framing, your data. Who's it, Malaysia? Uh, uh, John Mozalak. Mozalak is the uh, GM there, or president of baseball operations, whatever. You don't like his pitch rate, so you're going to throw him under the bus in front of the public oh. and then now have him not catch. I'm going to talk to Gonzo for a second. I mean, that's just, that's just crazy. That just makes absolute no sense. So we're going to have Juan Gonzalez on coming up here, who obviously when you think about in his time, we can bring up his numbers real quick. Uh, we've had him on multiple times. This is going to be the first time on the field as he was just an absolute monster back in the day. Now he does television for the Arizona Diamondbacks. But you think about his career, 434 home runs, 1,061 runs, 1,404 RBIs. Are we not doing him right now? What do you got going here? I, I told him he has to be up there at 530, so I told him wait about five more minutes. I told him about Lovelady's supposed to be coming out. Then if not, we'll get him right on. Well, I mean, I'm not – I'm punting Lovelady for – the great that um, arguably the great biggest hit in the history of the world series yeah that's a lot for me saying that with bill bill mazeroski hitting one against the yankees yeah you get gonzo over here luis gonzalez i i no offense but by the way i got the wrong i brought up the wrong guy so we have love lady coming out well he said that he, they said he'd only be 10 minutes and it's been longer than 10 so we'll see i figured i'd give him a few more minutes if not we'll get gonzo right on all right so yeah here's gonzo 354 a career 845 OPS, a 119 OPS plus, 1,439 RBIs, 1,412 runs scored, 283 career average, a war of 51.6. There's plenty of guys in the Hall of Fame with a war at that level. An all-star at one point was his MVP year. His, he was a runner-up. He was – no, he wasn't a runner-up. He was third. 57 home runs, 142 RBIs, and as you said – one of the biggest hits in World Series history. That was uh, 01 when he had 57 home runs, right? Because if I remember correctly, I was a 13-year-old yeah, kid at that time. Because he lost out to Bonds. Yeah, Bonds and then probably Sosa. Some guy named Barry hit 73 home runs that year. Um, the thing with um, with him was I remember in, I think it was April, he hit 13 home runs to start the, the season. He had like 13 home runs in the first month. And I every time I look at guys trying to break home run records, I see how many home runs they hit in April. And he had the 13, and I'm like, this guy's going to go for the record. And then Bonds ended up doing it anyway. And I think, I think Sosa ended up finishing second that year in home runs. Or an MVP. I mean, because how many – that was one of the years I think Sammy hit 60, over 60. Sammy hit 63 straight years. So it 98, 99. Two, so maybe it wasn't that year. But he, he, I, I swear I think Sammy finished second in MVP if he finished – if Gonzo was third. Yeah, Gonzo was third. 
Wait, he has it on that, right? Let me see. Yeah, he was third. Third. If you click on it, it tells you uh, where they finished in the MVP. Yeah, Sosa. Sosa hit uh, 64 home runs that year and drove in a <laughs> – only drove in 160. Only drove in 160 runs. Yeah, and he's not in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, no. Figure that one out. But, you know, this is what you see when you, you – you, you, this is how you build your way out of this thing is you find players. I mean, you think about Luis Gonzalez. I mean, you, some of those Diamondbacks, you bring guys over, right? You know, throughout the years, teams bring guys over and you start building around guys. you got to find guys. Richard Lovelady is going to join us here as he's walking up as a little – a little change in schedule as we'll have Lovelady here. And then Luis Gonzalez of the Arizona Dimebacks will be joining us in just a little bit as I'm sure that uh, going over meetings, charts, players, guys you may face. How are you? Welcome to Ace Cast Live. Hi, thank you. Thank you for having me. So you're just in there, right? So people, you know, you, they won't see you guys, but the fans will filter in. They're going to watch the Diamondbacks take BP. What people don't realize is how much you guys study. Take us through, like, you just you guys were out here for BP. You go in for meetings. What's going on? First day of a series. It's kind of like school. Yeah. Uh, typically, um, right after usually the, the last day of a, of a series, we're getting our notes. Uh, PDF stuff, pictures, uh, hot charts, cold charts, stuff like that. Um, just something to, to go over yourself at home and, and do your own little kind of study, like you said. Um, but, yeah, as soon as we get ready to start a series, if we haven't played a team um, yet this year, we will, after about BP, you know, a little halfway through BP, we'll go th inside and we'll basically go over, like, their, their hitting stuff. So uh, we'll take a look at their swing, their misses, uh, you know, where their hard hit contact, stuff like that is. Uh, just to get a, a, an overall, you know, game plan basically how are we going to you know attack and who who might be you know substituted in if you know they lefty lefty you know they might not yeah. keep a guy in there stuff like that just see so you, you know because we're always not caught off guard on oh man i didn't really think about facing this guy so i mean it's always it's always like a you know it's like a mind thing it's, it's like who you're going to face you know you're you're expected you know warming up coming in the game who you're going to have you know left right right or left right left whatever it might be but that can change on the you know on the dime it doesn't matter They'll play matchups all day, and so you just want to always have, you know, who's on the bench and also their game plan. So so when you're on the mound, how much do you all of a sudden – because remember, it's almost 5 o'clock. You were doing this 15 minutes ago. It's 445. Well, it's now 930 at night. Mm -hmm. It's been hours since you did these meetings. How much when you're on the mound are you thinking, oh, yeah, earlier today I saw his heat maps, I saw video, like how much – and because I often wonder, how much do you pitch to the scouting report, and how much do you pitch to what you do well? Right. Um, so, a lot of it, honestly, if there's people you haven't seen before, um, you you kind of watch the game throughout the the entirety of it. Uh, you know, watching, looking through iPads, looking how, you know, the scouting report that you just heard, obviously, 15, 20 minutes ago, and you're seeing the starter come out and basically try to execute that and yeah. see how that's going. Um, and at that point. Once you've already executed as much as you can, at that point it's fight or flight mode. It's your strengths versus what they have. You know what I mean? You have to go in what you feel. You have to go attack a guy with what your best stuff is, regardless if you know they have good stuff. You know they have good numbers against it. You got to always trust your stuff and go with your best. So, well, it's funny because when the 
when the cameras are on you, they make it seem like you guys are just all down there throwing sunflower seeds at each other, having a rip-roaring time. No, you're watching the game, preparing for what could be coming. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. It's nonstop. It's nonstop because, you know, like we said, it's starter can go four, starter can go seven, doesn't matter. And you always have to be ready for any situation and what, what, who's going to come up and, and what really is their cold and their hot zones and where's that hard contact. That's, that's the biggest thing for us is we like to stay away from that hard contact. You know what I mean? It, yeah. Match that with our strength. And that's what really helps us really be uh, really, you know, really good for ourselves, uh, allowing, you know, guys to get out of situations, guys to, to get the bats back in here and, and, and turn it over. So, All right, so years ago when pitchers were planning on going seven, eight innings, bullpen guys, get a cup of coffee, you knew. Now, man, a guy can get pulled at any point. Just how different is it to where – I mean, let's face it, something happens tonight. It could be the third inning. Get Love Lady up. Let's go. I mean, you years ago, you guys were ready around the sixth, seventh. You know, you started yeah. loosening it up. Now, I mean, it could be at any moment. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's crazy you mentioned that because, I mean, it was like guys would – guys back then would go nine innings, back-to-back starts, it seemed like. You know what I mean? It was like <laughs> – it was like bullpen taking day off. Two days off, exactly. You know what I mean? And it's just that's the that's the thrill. That's the that's the beauty of uh, you know being in the bullpen. It's like you are the you are the fire extinguisher. You know what I mean? So to speak, you are the guy that gets to come in with pressure. Like they always talk about it. Like you know, a lot of guys love coming in with nobody on. I I take pride in, in coming in with people on because I love it because I I wanted. I want to right away be on, on top of myself. You know what I mean? I want to get the guy out. I want to do my job because I'm trying to literally get us back in here to start hitting. I want to turn the lineup over so that next guy that I know is going to come in behind me is going to do the same exact thing. So, Oh, man, it's chaos. Yeah, it is. It's absolute chaos when you're coming in. You're living on an edge, and when people talk, to, talk about the mentality of a reliever, and, and I try and explain to everybody, it's not like you get to, hey, run your poles. <laughs> Uh, you're going to play long toss. Some guys like to throw the football. Yeah. Then you're going to, you know, you're, uh, no, it's eight pitches. Are you ready? <laughs> eight pitches. Are you ready? Yeah, yeah. That's, that, that, you know, and honestly, that's a, I think that's a, another thing that I, I'm really not, I'm not for that in a way as far as like a pitch clock for pitchers warming up. I think that's, a, that's like huge, that's an important part for us to get a feel for the mound because that mound's like, it's going to give you a, you know, a basic of what that's going to be. But the whole feeling, the adrenaline, all that, that's eight pitches for me to get ready to do my job. And I don't think that should have a time at all. Cool, pitch clock during the game, sure. But warming up, that's that's important. I think that should be eliminated next year, honestly. At some point, I don't know when it's going to be, we got to do a long form because you're great at, 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 at talking about the art of pitching. But I know you got to go, so let's end on this. Talk about the support that you guys have for each other on the staff. You see it down here when the pitchers are warming up. So whether it's starters, whether it's bullpen, you guys are all in this together. So talk about how you guys are like a support group for each other. You know, and that's the that's the beauty of it. Honestly, it's you look over, up and down our roster. We have a couple of good guys that are that are balling out right now. You know, but we don't have we don't have that big huge name. That whole entire like God, this guy's making a lot of money. Everybody on this team is fighting for each other, and I love it because literally no one is standing out, so to speak. You know what I mean? Everyone is literally for each other. Every, every time we go out here in every single game, every single batter, everybody faces, gets out, 
we are rooting for each other because that's all we have is each other right now. And during hard times like this, good or bad, whatever it might be, it's a beauty behind it because we literally have that bond and we're able to literally stick together through the entire season. So Not a lot of people can live in chaos. Yeah. Some people thrive on it. Yep. I love it. It's awesome. <laughs> it's the edge. You bring the edge every night. Absolutely. Doesn't matter what city, what time zone. Absolutely. It's uh, it's a lot of fun to talk about. Hey, it's great to have you on the show. Seriously, at some point we need to do a long form. It would be great. Absolutely. Good Thank luck tonight. Luis Gonzalez from the Diamondbacks will join us next right here on A's Cast Live. This is Chris Towns, and there are two things that are a must for me, comfort and style. Whether I'm playing golf, going to dinner, I've got to have the right feel. That's why I've partnered with Link Soul, and you're going to love Link Soul. They have just released their new spring line, new fabrics for their polos, lightweight and perfect for technical performance. Link Soul also has new styles for their layers and hoodies with cool prints and seasonal colors. You know what they say in the big leagues, look good, play good. Go to LinkSoul.com. That's LinkSoul.com. A's Cast Live continues from Ricky Henderson Field. Here's Chris Townsend. Well, I can tell you when years ago we started A's Cast Live, one of the first biggest stars that joined us, Bob Melvin said, you got to get my guy on, and he (laughs) came on. And then, of course, we switched this to video, made it like a TV show, and the great success uh, we appreciate everybody that supported us from the start. Gonzo, you supported us from the start, and I always want to say thank you for that because uh, a big name coming on for us was was great. Well, I appreciate it. I don't know so much about a big name, but oh, I'm just, just a pleasure to be out here with you guys. Now, obviously, you starred for the D-backs, and Toy Lavella, we love him as a former athletic. We've had him on for years, and it was something I was talking about. At the end of last season, like all of a sudden – the D-backs figured out, man, we can run on everybody. We are so athletic. Then they changed the rules, and I went, you got to watch out for these yeah. guys. And we're seeing it, second place to the Dodgers. Yeah, I, I think this year, you know, last year was a, kind of a cutting our teeth type of year for a couple players, and now you're really starting to see the confidence grow. I was just standing by the cage and just looking at some of our young players and going, yeah. these guys are really starting to feel good about it. If they get a lead, they press. I mean, they'll come at you. They'll try to steal some bases. They'll put the pressure on you, and uh, they'll really stress out some catchers when they can. We did that against the Dodgers earlier in the season. So it's a fun team to watch, and uh, they just haven't been around the league long enough to know who a lot of these players are. They haven't figured it out yet. Like, oh, my God, that guy's a 10-year veteran pitching against us. They they play with no fear out there, which has been a lot of fun to watch. Carroll signing that contract. You know, you hear it all the time. It just drives you nuts where they say he could have got a lot more money if he waited. But you get that security now. You're in a place that you love. And what does it mean to the organization and the fan base to get a special talent like this inked up? Yeah, and, you know, he he really ran through our minor league system, signed out of high school out of Seattle, and then, you know, played extremely well in in A ball, double A, went to triple A for a little bit. And then we brought him up for like 30 games, I think, last year. And uh, he really – He's, I think he's 22, but he plays like a 25, 26-year-old, plays with a lot of confidence, quiet kid, just goes about his work each and every day. And he's a guy that uh, our organization felt like we can put as a cornerstone and build around him. And it's been a lot of fun to see him go out there and play. And we're talking about uh, Dominic Fletcher is, a, is an Arkansas Razorback. We got a Razorback. We're talking a little SEC. I mean, out of nowhere, he's hitting 429, two bombs, 13 RBIs. I mean, kind of 
carrying the team out of nowhere, 13 games. Yeah, he's played extremely well, and we know his brother with the Angels plays real well here against yeah. the Oakland A's. So. Dominates us. <laughs> he's like Babe Ruth. So, so we're hoping it kind of rubs <laughs> off here and the, and the family thing just kind yeah. of sticks together here. But uh, he's been another great, you know, player. I think for him, the confidence builder was him playing in the WBC. He was able to play in the WBC, and you could see that the confidence really built up for him. And when he came to start the season, he got out of the gates well, played well. And, I mean, he's done everything we've asked of him up here in the big leagues. Think about your career as a defensive player. You're a great defensive player. But teams that put pressure on you, I think Cattell Marte, I don't know, was it Saturday or Sunday, scored on a wild pitcher pass ball against the Giants from second, second base. base. Yep. I mean, it's like always putting pressure on the defense. What's that like, outfielder, infielder, when in the back of your mind you know, man, these guys, they're gutsy. They're fearless, and they're going to run on us. Yeah, it, it, it gets you a little more tense out there on the field. You don't want to make that little mistake. If you bobble the ball or anything, they're going to try to take that extra base on you. And like I said earlier, if, if we get a lead early, that's when they really get loose out there and really start to play our outfield play with all our young guys out there. They can really run it down. That's been a lot of fun, a lot of, a lot of confidence for our pitchers when they have those guys. we got a young kid behind the plate that really wouldn't have been playing every day if it wasn't for uh, Kelly getting hurt, Carson Kelly got hurt in spring training, broke his forearm, and uh, this kid's come up, and he's got a really good arm. I'm looking forward to, in this three-game series, if Ruiz gets on base and watching him try to steal bases with our catcher behind the plate. I mean, you and I are both old enough to remember when guys actually stole bases. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we've named the field after this guy named Ricky uh, Henderson. Yeah, yeah it's uh, – it, it, you're right. Earlier you said that the rule change has really benefited with our club, and it has. We were running extremely uh, a, a lot earlier, and then we've kind of backed off a little bit, kind of like resting our guys. We get some leads and stuff, but I think now you're going to see them start to press again, especially, you know, we're playing a team that, uh, you know, hasn't fared well in the, in the standings. You have to try to win these games when you can. And you can run back in the day. Uh, I tell my son that I stole 100 bases, over 100 bases in my career, and he said, Dad, you played for 19 years. So <laughs> no, like one, a young Astro, one, you stole bags. One, I had one year where I stole 20, so that was, uh, that was a good year for me. Uh, I, I, I wish we'd see him. Gal, and this, it's the numbers yeah. are so eye-popping how good he is. We're not going to see him in the series, but, you know, we always overreact to who's the best pitcher now. But if you look at right now who's pitching today, not many guys better than him. Yeah, and I think. You know, he didn't really get the recognition he deserved uh, in the in the Cy Young voting last year going into this year. And really the, the, the telltale sign for us was this year he got to match up against Alcantara with the Marlins. Yeah. And he dominated that game. It was like, okay, you guys didn't vote me up there in the top three or four. I'm going to show you what I got. And he dominated that whole game against the Marlins. And we got to Alcantara early and got him out of the game. I mean, you guys think back in the day when you got Schilling and you got Johnson, it's like you go into a series, it's it's let's, it's amazing how you could say let's rock when yeah. you got guys like when that. When you got good pitching, you always feel like you're one run ahead before the game even starts. And I think when uh, Zach Gallen pitches, Merrill Kelly too, he's been really good for us. Um, the team plays with a little bit more confidence. And if they fall behind, this team will not panic. If they're behind a run or two, they just kind of peck away a little bit and they'll try to get one or two back. And then if they get the opportunity base load, then that's when they try to strike. You know what? I remember during COVID when we were just having the 60-game season that before that, well, we had to figure out stuff to do, right? So we started honoring the 72, 73, 74 teams playing those games. And then we brought on, on Bob Melvin, and he talked about 
you guys in Arizona were doing the same thing with the 0-1, reliving the playoff games and the World Series games. What was that like years later to see the games, hear the games, and have that city abuzz again talking about What did that feel like? Well, it's incredible. I mean, now here we are. You know, that was 01, 22 years later, and, you're, you know, you're still talking about that championship. As a player, when you win one, you think you're going to do it again and again and again. And I think, uh, you know, now that my career is over, you you learn to really value that time and cherish it. And, uh, you know, we've had some good, you know, the Phoenix Suns and, you know, the other teams in the Valley. And you guys have it here, you know, with Golden State and them. You know, you win a championship and you go, oh, we're going to win it again and again and again. And it really doesn't happen. So when you – have those opportunities and you have those winning teams, you really got to cherish that moment, especially as a player, because you don't know how many chances you're going to get. Never gets old seeing that hit, does it? No, that screaming line drive. <laughs> roped. I'm, I'm it gl- was roped. I'm glad they don't have VCRs anymore. <laughs> so when I tell, you know, I go to talk to people, I go, man, that was, a, you know, off the hands, but it was a line drive out the left center field. So, but, uh, you know, I'll take it anywhere I can get it. I mean, 57 home runs that year, and the biggest hit of my career was a bloop. You know, that's why I always laugh at these guys when they look at, you know, uh, exit, you know, the exit velo. Yeah. They're all, oh, my exit velo was 106. 106. I go, but it was a, an out. Give me like a 72-mile-an-hour dinker right there for three for four or something like that. I'll take that all day. Well, you're going up against arguably the greatest pitch of all time that always bored so much on lefties and the firewood and all the bats he yeah. broke just for you to get enough on that to get it past the infield to win the game. Yeah, and for me – you know, he struck me out in the eighth inning. I didn't want to come up in the ninth and say, you know, fall behind on him. So I was aggressive. First pitch, I fouled it straight back, and I went, oh, God, here it goes again. And and you're right, being a left-hander with that cutter that Mariano throws, it's like a Pac-Man. It keeps – the more you look for it, it feels like the further it gets inside on you. So um, there was a lot of players in their careers that said every time they faced him, they did not take their A-bat up to the plate because they – in their mind, it was already like you're, you're beat mentally against a guy like that. But I knew for me that was going to be the last at-bat of the season. So if I blew that bat up, it didn't matter to me as long as it uh, it went down as a, as a hit there. Well, you can be as humble as you want. You were one of the great players of your era. It, it was uh, great to watch you play, and I'm so glad that you're around this organization. I know how everybody loves you. Uh, the fans love you. To do some TV, to be around the team, it's got to be special. Yeah, I, I appreciate this opportunity just to be around baseball. I love baseball. and. My title is senior advisor to the president and CEO, but I've been thrust upon to do some games here. And I love it because I'm around the team and I get to uh, travel with these guys and kind of get a little insight of what's going on. And believe it or not, sometimes they'll sit down and ask questions about the good old days and see how guys used to do it. The game has changed so much in the last 10, 15, 20 years. And uh, these guys are bigger and stronger. And I look at guys now and I'm going, God, that kid's 22, 23 years old. He's like 6'5", 225 pounds. And you know, when I was first coming up, my locker mate was Glenn Davis, the big bopper. Big, who was, who was, big first base. And him yeah. and George Foster and Dale yeah. Murphy, those were the three home run hitters, you know, when they were, you know, in the late 80s, early 90s. And then I'm, you know, now I'm looking at guys that are, you know, 6'2", weigh 180 pounds that are hitting 30, 40 a year. I'm going, man, these guys, they can swing it. But they don't get cheated up there, and that's why you have a lot more strikeouts in the game. Well, seriously, from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much. I appreciate it, it, it guys. For, for, for you coming on early when we start. We're, we're the number one podcast in baseball now by a lot. That doesn't surprise me. And so for you coming on early and Bob Melvin introducing us to you, I've always really appreciated I, the time. Thank you. I appreciate Enjoy it. Enjoy the next couple days. Thanks. Great to see you guys. We got more coming up next right here on A's Cast Live. 
This is Chris Towns, and there are two things that are a must for me, comfort and style. Whether I'm playing golf, going to dinner, I've got to have the right feel. That's why I've partnered with Link Soul, and you're going to love Link Soul. They have just released their new spring line, new fabrics for their polos, lightweight and perfect for technical performance. Link Soul also has new styles for their layers and hoodies with cool prints and seasonal colors. You know what they say in the big leagues, look good, play good. Go to linksoul.com. That's linksoul.com. A's Cast Live continues from the town. Here's Chris Townsend. Looking at the notes today, Cody, did you see some unbreakable records today? Uh, yes. Well, are you talking about on this date? On this me, date. How many? I forget me. I saw the Nolan Ryan one, but. On this date in May 15th, it was 72 years ago, folks. Joe D. Where were you at? A's legend, Joe DiMaggio. Where were you 72 years ago? By the way, I sent a picture out. I Maybe I'll send it to you. It's a picture of Joe DiMaggio in this really awesome old school A's jacket with Rick Monday. Oh, wow. I mean, o- mean, Oakland A, Rick Monday. You mean the original, we were talking about the original draft of 1965 earlier. The very earlier. first ever draft pick, the Kansas City Athletic Rick Monday. But it's a cool, it's Joe DiMaggio, A's hat, one of those old school A's jackets with Rick Monday. Awesome. But Joe DiMaggio, Yankee great. His record hitting streak began in the first inning with a single off White Sox hurler, Eddie Smith, in the Bronx. DiMaggio hit 408 during his 56-game hitting streak, which finally ended in July 17th. 56 straight games, Joe DiMaggio got a base hit. I don't think anyone's going to break that. Pretty confident saying are, that. Are you really going out on a limb on that one? Yeah, as much as uh, as, as good as Luis arises and him hitting 382 right now and you know me wanting to see him hit, four, uh, hit 400, I don't think anyone's going to come close to that. And on this date 50 years ago, some guy named Nolan Ryan threw his first no-hitter of his career when he blanked the Royals. Thank you very much. When he blanked the Royals in Kansas City, exactly two months later, Ryan no-hit the Rangers in a 17-strikeout effort. So on this date, he blanks Kansas City. Oh, that's pretty amazing. Two months later, he does it again against the Tigers and strikes out 17. Yeah, uh, the reason why I brought up the 65 draft and he said Rick Monday, uh, Nolan Ryan in that draft. Uh, what round did he get drafted in? Uh, Nolan Ryan out of Alvin, Texas. Correct. There was actually a scout that even knew where Alvin, Texas was. Well, there's only been one other pitcher that came out of there, and that was uh, Evoldi who pitched the other day. I have no clue where Alvin, Texas. I've been yeah. to Dallas, Arlington, Austin, Houston, I think when we El looked, Paso, San Antonio. I've never been and have no clue. Uh, he's got to be close to Houston. I, th- I, was, I think it was close to Houston. Uh, he was drafted in the 12th round that year. I mean, Johnny Bench was the second rounder in that draft. Ray Fossey, top 10 pick that year. There's a lot of who's who's in that draft. It, it's pretty amazing. I top- wanted to get to, we're going to have Lee Anderson, who is an usher here, has written a book. We're going to get to him in just a second. What time is it? All right. All right. I thought this was interesting. I don't know if this is an incredible milestone, but it does say you've been around a lot. and It, mean, it means you've had a long career. You've had a very successful career. And everybody on this list is a Hall of Famer or should be a Hall of Famer. 
the most times you've struck out a different player in the history of the game. Not most strikeouts in the game, but most times you've struck out an individual for the first time. It's an individual guy. I punched him. He's in my book. Who are the top five? Because the guy has joined the top five. Number one, I think is really impressive because he never played an interleague play. That's Nolan Ryan. He's pretty good. Struck out 1,182 different players. Now, he played in the National League, obviously, with the Strohs. Well, the Mets and the Strohs. But a lot of his also career was in the American League, Angels, Texas Rangers. So he didn't have interleague play. He had to do it while pitching in those leagues. No one touches him. Number two, not a shocker, he's number two on the all-time strikeout list and did play during interleague play. That'd be the great Randy Johnson. Nice little career. From Livermore. USC Trojan. Number three is your guy. Is that Mr. 355? Greg Maddox. When I heard that, I, I mean, I knew Max had a lot of strikeouts, but I was, I don't know if I would put him on the list over the guys that are, the next guy for sure, the la, the guy that just joined. I think. Now, I wanted, and one more guy who should be in the Hall of Fame, and yeah. it's a joke he's not, that would be the Rocket, Roger Clemens, played in interleague play and also got a little taste of the National League with? Houston. The Houston the Astros. And then joining this group, all with over a thousand different guys in their book, Zach Greinke. Like, if you think of all the players, would you think joining Nolan Ryan, Randy Johnson, Greg Maddox, and Roger Clemens? Think of all the greatness that are these four guys, and then you go, oh, yeah, Zach Greinke. He's had a long career. We were looking at I Not what... Verlander, not Scherzer. Not Kershaw. Not Kershaw. Kershaw's been in the National League the whole time. Verlander's been in the American League. I That'd be a, Scherzer. Because you, because you, not only are you playing in interleague play, but you've played both leagues would definitely help. Yeah. You, you think not Scherzer? Yeah. It's Grinky. Yeah, Grinky. Dodger. Yeah. Uh, well, I wonder what Garrett Cole's. I mean, he, no, I know he's nowhere close, but I hope to look and see where Garrett Cole is. Because remember, spent the first couple of years in Pittsburgh, then Houston and New York. Because Garrett Cole was like the most recent guy before Verlander did to win the game against all thirty, uh, all thirty teams, or one in all thirty ballparks. It was one of them. Let's get Lee down here. Lee Anderson is an usher who I see every day here at the ballpark. That's where we talk about, you know, people who are here, why it means so much to us, the employees. We're all like one little family here. Whether the team's winning, whether the team's losing, no matter. It was, it's like this all these years for Raider games. It's like this for Warrior games. Most of the people that work here at the Coliseum, also did football, also did the NBA, and these are people that I would see at Raider games. I'd also see them at Warrior games. You worked, do you just do baseball? Yep, just do baseball. But you know a lot of people who would do all oh, three yeah. of them. Oh, yeah. Awesome. What does it mean working here for you? Oh, man, it is so awesome. Let me put that up there. Go ahead, turn them up a little bit, Cody. Go it, ahead. It, it is so fun. Um, I mean, I tell people, hey, I get paid to watch baseball. You know, and just interacting with the fans, uh, young and old alike. You know, I get to teach some of these young kids. You know, they know a lot about baseball, but they don't know what an infield fly is. Or they don't know that defensive players have numbers. You know, I was talking to a kid a couple of weeks ago, and he said, uh, I said, well, there was a six four three, And he goes, he, he had no clue. <laughs> <laughs> 
Of course he has no clue. <laughs> yeah. And then I think about, you know, you get to know the families and you get to know the people in your section. That's right. That's right. A lot of fun. I had a couple come a couple weeks ago. They brought two French students. During the game, he is trying to explain balls and strikes to those French students. You know, I mean, we take it for granted, whatever said. You know, we, we have our own lingo. And uh, these kids didn't have a clue, you know, what, what a ball, what a, what a strike was. And always what we had yesterday is always such a special day here before we get to your book. It's always a special day here, Mother's Day. I mean, yep. Father's Day is huge, but there's something about Mother's Day where we talk about all the moms, what they did for all of us, and, you know, taking us to games and all the practices. And, you know, they were there for the, the good games, the bad games. Just talk about what it's like to, to work out in the stands on Mother's Day. Well, I wasn't here yesterday. Oh, you so missed out. So I was watching All right. on TV, and uh, yeah, but it was uh, it's pretty cool and to, to hear stories of people, you know, and um, I just thought it was awesome. I haven't had my mother around in many years now, and Sandy's mother just passed away here uh, a right, week yeah. ago. Yeah. So we had to have that service this week, you know. All but right, she was an avid A's fan. Was she? Oh, man, telling you. Uh, we were here the 18-inning game when Moss hit a home run. Yeah. We were leaving. A guy said good morning to me. It was 20 to 2. <laughs> we got home, and she's sitting up waiting for us. <laughs> she, had, she had actually gone to bed, put the radio by her ear, went to sleep, woke up. The game was on, so she got up and watched the end of the game. Yeah. I think if you were here, you will never forget that. Let's talk about the book. Yeah. Baseball from the broadcast book. Uh, from the broadcast booth. Go ahead. Tell us all about your book. Well, I'll tell you, I've been listening to announcers for a lot of years. And we, as I said, we have our own lingo. And we understand when he says a 643 or he barked at the ump. Um, but I started thinking about what do people, like these French, French students, if they heard something like uh, he hammered the ball, what would they think? So I have a picture in here of a hammer hitting a ball. Okay. And so I just tried to draw it from a perspective of, um, I know what the announcer said, but what does it mean? So we've got all the answers in the back of the book, but uh, I have a friend of mine who drew all the pictures for me, and uh, it's just really awesome. Yeah, that's so. an interesting perspective. Like, if you didn't know baseball, and let's say you sat in the stands and put the headset on, and the broadcasters are speaking baseball lingo yep. you would have no idea what the heck the ducks on the pond what what, what what ducks on the pond what the hell are you talking about right. yeah there, it, the, we have our own world that we're in that if you're not a part of this world it, it would seem like this is very odd yes yes and and there's some of them you can't draw like i like vince Catronio. he'll say you know guy strikes out he's gone a looking well how do you draw that <laughs> you know you can't you know what i'm saying yeah. And uh, or he says up, over and out on a home run call. Like yeah, 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 yeah I yeah. get you. The first announcer that I can really uh, remember a call from was probably Russ Hodges when he would call bye bye baby on a home run. Yeah, that's old school right yeah. there. Yeah. And uh, you know, we're, they're all different, you know, they're all unique and uh, I'm already writing down others, you know, just for instance, uh, they made a comment the other day, first base is open. Well, in my mind, I see first base with the top of it flipped up. You the, the, the literal, yes. First base is open. 
And I tell people when they look at this book, don't try and overthink it. Just look at the picture, see what the picture, you know, there's a dog. He's barking. Who's he barking at? So what does that mean? He's barking at the ump. You know, well, who's barking at the ump? For what purpose? Yeah. You know. I mean, now you got me thinking. I'm like, <laughs> like all of a sudden, it's a can of corn. Does that mean a can of corn is flying through I, the... That's right. What the hell does a can of corn mean? <laughs> and it's and who the, came up with that? <laughs> it's in the book. And where can we get the book? Uh, Amazon. It's on Amazon.com. And it's also um, on Westbow Press. They can get that. But Amazon's probably the easiest, you know. What was funny is before the book came out, a friend of mine, a relative back in South Dakota, he had purchased the book already, and I didn't have any. And another friend of mine got a book, and he goes, hey, they've already got used ones on Amazon. <laughs> and, wait, wait, that's not supposed to happen. And he says, slightly used. <laughs> oh, man. So anyway, it's been fun. It, it's just been, and I didn't know anything about writing a book. You yeah. Know. I gave one to Renetti, and he says, hey, I'm going on a flight. I'm going to read it then. I said, Dave. There's no words. It's pictures, you know. And uh, they asked me, you know, what would entice people to buy your book? And I said, well, there's no words. It's pictures. And it's kind of like um, taking a pop quiz without having to study for it, you know. Who doesn't like that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, anyway, the book is just fun. And uh, 140 pictures. And a friend of mine drew all the pictures. And just he's an awesome drawer. Well, I got to tell you, I've known you for years. I see yeah. you every single day when I leave here and I go up to do the pregame show. And I talked about how everybody that works here at the Coliseum, we're all like one little family. That's right. That's all right. We are. And we have fun together. No matter you know, what, win, lose, or draw, we'll be here. That's right. My first <laughs> few years working here, I, w I was pacing up here when they were losing. I don't, I don't pace anymore. I'm, I'm good. You know? <laughs> You're a seasoned vet now. I am. I am. I am. Well, hey, thank so, you so much. Hey, Good luck with the thanks book. Thanks for having me on and promoting my book. I appreciate it. No problem. We got more coming up next right. here on A's Cast Live. Streaming from the town, A's Cast Live continues with Chris Townsend. I can't say it enough. The weather's been unbelievable, especially after all that bad weather. It was a really nice day yesterday, too. I kept saying that. It was 71. I think, what was Saturday, 74? Yeah, I was here Saturday with some, with some friends. Former colleagues of ours. And the Don't weather bring here was up beautiful. those hacks. Yeah, well, they are hacks. That's what they all are. Don't we bring all, up we those all, hacks. We're, we were also good at our jobs. That's why we all left that industry. <laughs> so something that I'm going to want to get into, remind me of this, is Joe Madden said this. I think it's a great point. Front of the program. You know I love to steal points, but I do give people the credit. I will not bogart it like most people in our industry will act like it's their point. This isn't my point, but it's a very good point. It's easy to get fired up for September and October. It, it, it's easy in a day-to-day -day business when all the chips are on the line, baby. It's all in front of you. We're at the poker table, and, man, we're in, and it's September, and next thing you know, it's playoffs. I'm, I'm showing up to the ballpark. I'm rip-roaring. Let's go kick people's ass, right? I'm in every day. Okay, well, it's not September, it's not October, it's May. How do you get ready to rock every day in April, May, June? And that is hard to do. And Joe Madden's dead right about that. And he was actually talking about that with the Padres. Because uh, that's a big mystery to everybody right now, 
is the amount of money they're spending and the failures that they're having. It's like, well, you know, when you got to have grit, as they like to say in hockey, it's easy to do at playoff time. It's easy to do at the end when, when because right now I could sit here and I could open this up and I highlighted the four teams that were brought up today that everybody's like, I'm not so sure about. And it's Cleveland and it's Houston and Mets. Mets and it's the Padres. Like, when I'm showing you the standings in September, we're all looking, right? They're, they're putting the standings up on the board, and everybody's well, watching. Well, if this team wins and this team loses, and now that we have more of a, a tournament style and playoffs, it's easy to get fired up for that. How do you get fired up for it now? How do you grind now? I like that about Richard Lovelady, who came out and joined us, and he's a really bright guy, and I think we could get really in-depth in pitching with him. I hope you guys enjoyed that interview. And he's like, this team, they are what they are. We know that there's going to be a lot of players that are in that clubhouse right now. They're not going to be here next month. Zach Neal, gone. Adrian Martinez back. I mean. Garrett Acton just joined yesterday. We, we've used 42 players. Yes. 42 players. With, with uh, Acton going yesterday, we've used 42 players, and it's May 15th. There's going to be over 60 players used. Bob Costas today was talking about, well, you know, you know, back in the day, you know, you, you know you'd use 31, 32 players. Thir- Bob. Like, we're we're where, doubling that. Like, where's Bob? Co- Bob, you're not following baseball, Bob? I know you're doing play-by-play for the main events, but, Bob, you got to look at everybody else. We're all using a ton of players. This technically is the easiest time in the history of baseball to make it to the big leagues. Yeah, it's a fair point. More players are being used now than ever before in Major League Baseball. And there's 30 teams. There's 26 slots, not 25. We're about to expand to 32 teams in the next X amount of years. Hopefully Dave Stewart and the Nashville Stars. Um, That's going to make it easy. That's more jobs. But there's a lot of different guys. So you're talking about how do you get fired up and get ready to rock every day? You know who who gets fired up, ready to rock every day? You. This guy. (laughs) Doesn't matter. I don't care. Everybody moping around. I don't mope around. Come ready to play every day. Let's go. No days off as Bill Belichick once said. I haven't said. had a day off. I've worked every day. What do you what are we taking the day? We got a day off Thursday. Play golf on Thursday. Uh really want to thank Luis Gonzalez. Big deal. Gonzo. Like I'll never forget when when Bob Melvin told us, "Hey, you want to get my guy Gonzo on?" We had just started this thing. And we're like, "Hell yeah, we want to get Luis Gonzalez on." Luis Gonzalez was a star guy had one of the biggest hits in the history of our game plus he was an all-star hit a ton of bombs super athletic like can we get Luis Gonzalez on yeah sign me up only lost the MVP because Bonds hit 73 and Sosa hit 64 how about that the year you hit 57 Bonds hit 73 um I'll never forget it remember that Bob's like Bob Melvin was like here's his number and we've had him on ever since multiple times and tomorrow Tori Lavello former Oakland athletic has some great A stories, Ken Maka stories at that. Or was it Art? That was Art Howe. It was Art Howe. He's got Art Howe stories about being released. It's one of the best. On his birthday. But uh, Tori's great, the manager of the D-backs. We'll have him on tomorrow. But we want to thank uh, Richard Lovelady, Luis Gonzalez, David Force, the general manager. Fantastic today. That was it, right? And Yeah. And we want to thank all of you. Whether you're listening, athletics.com slash AceCast, you're watching on A's YouTube channel, on Twitter, or on Facebook. Thank you, thank you, thank you. 
Coming up next, we'll have A's Total Access, brought to you by Chevron, getting you ready for the Arizona Diamondbacks up against the Oakland Athletics, game one of three. We'll see you tomorrow. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics. 